The following podcast is a Conscious Waves production. Hi, I'm Louise. And I'm Chris. And we are Conscious Ways. Well, welcome to another episode of Everyday Journey Inspiring Conversations. I know, I can hardly wait for this one. I, know, this <laughs> I mean, look, they're all been fantastic. Yeah, what, we've had four already, I think? Yeah, four, five. Four, five, maybe five six. I think. I think five, maybe <laughs> six. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. We are into this next episode and we are excited about this one. We really are. And I think we were talking to actually our last podcast episode guest, Nikki yes. Stewart. I know. And she was saying just today that um, she shared the podcast with a few, her podcast with a few people, mm-hmm. and she's actually inspired them to get back in touch with what they really want to do, get back oh, in touch with their passion. that's fantastic? Which yeah. is, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely perfect because that's really what we're all about, that's is right. getting people back inspired to get in touch with. Reconnect. They love the the stuff that they love to do and, and you know, like reconnect with people they might have, might have seen for a while or talked to yeah. or anything like that. Absolutely. 100%. And I think everybody's got something that can inspire other people. Oh, for sure. Especially this guy today. You know him very well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, this this person is a uh, very, very, I would say, a very good friend of mine. Nice. And I've known him for a, a lot of time. Oh, that's good. Well, I'll tell you a little bit. Now, he is um, he's Australian-born. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like in the notes that he gave me that there, he's had a really, really interesting upbringing. Yes. So we'll find out a little bit about that. Yep. I think he's gone beyond um, a difficult childhood to becoming a very successful IT management mm-hmm. or manager. Yeah. You know, that's what he was into. Yeah. And obviously where he's at now is quite different from IT. So um, it'll be interesting to know how he's got into becoming a leadership and resilience coach, a life strategist, an inspirational speaker, and a spiritual teacher. Yes. So all of those things just light me up because I think that that's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know him as well as you do. Oh, yes. However. I know, I know, I know this person really well. Definitely uh, given his guidance to me over uh, many years. Mm. And I have been very fortunate to uh, sit in on some of his courses. Yep. And I have very, very fortunate, when I very first started doing neurolinguistics uh, and we were doing hypnotherapy, he was actually one of the teachers who came in and assisted in uh, hypnotherapy. And I remember that very clearly. Very, very nice guy, very gentle, very humble. Yes, He is, and every time, look, I've only seen him a couple of times. I think I sat in on a course that you were doing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And look, he's just, I don't know, even through Zoom, he feels very energetic and lovely. So he smiles. That's all I know him as a smile. (laughs) I am very keen that um, that we're going to find out his journey just in a little while. All right. So let's take a short break and then we're going to get back. See ya. Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Have you signed up for our monthly newsletter? Go to www.consciouswaves.life and join us to receive yours now. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. So we've got our guest already. I I'm know. Excited. How exciting is this? It's so exciting. I'm so excited. I don't even want to announce him. You know, you can imagine. All like right. I said, he's he's such a humble guy. Yep. 
I've been very, very fortunate to be able to um, be on. I think the last one, the last course I was on was called a warrior program. Mm, that's right. And my goodness, how fantastic that was. It's changed my life. It has. And yep. it's really got me out of my shell and actually getting me to sit where I am now and be able to interview beautiful people mm. and being able to hear their life stories. And and this is just part of uh, what I have learned from Nero. Mm about stepping out of your comfort zone and really being able to follow your passion. Yeah, I know. And isn't that just a nice little theme that's come through with quite a lot of our guests exactly. that we've had on? Like, I mean, you talk about Shane Beck, who we had from the last American poet that yes. we spoke to. Yeah, All of this just seems to have this fine thread that's yep. just going through, if you notice yep. that. I have, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to to this, so I think we should get straight. I know people effort. are most probably going, Who is it? Who is it? Even though they most probably know they've seen his photo, but you know, <laughs> anyway, well, we hope so anyway. So, welcome, Nero, to our podcast. podcast. Thank you so very much. I am so excited because I know exactly what Chris was saying. I've seen the transformation with him after courses with Rob and then obviously yourself. So, thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, honestly, I've, I've done many of these uh, podcasts stage talks and I cannot possibly explain how amazing that introduction was so thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much for that beautiful intro it was very very heartwarming and it's so good to see what you guys are doing thank you thank you well basically I gave a very brief introduction a little bit earlier now can you just let us know from the start because we're going to sort of hopefully find a little bit of a an idea of what's happened to you from your childhood into a career and now into a new career. So there looks like there was a whole heap of interesting information. I didn't want to say it all. I would like to really get it from you. So how about you give us a little bit about what pretty much where you've come from, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a Tamil-born Australian, so I was born in Sri Lanka. Um, I was born in the 80s where civil war was breaking through the country. And one of my first memories is of war you know, hiding in the basement while the genocide was happening and running up and down our house or our neighbor's house trying to find us. Me, my grandmother, my mother were hiding in the basement and I was probably about three at the time. And, you know, as any child will do when they feel their parents, their their safety in fear, because all like, you know, so frightful of, you know, even seeing tomorrow just because of the language that we spoke. And so I, I felt it off him. And what, is it, what does a three, three-year-old do? He cries. So as he's crying, he's also alerting the people that are out to kill him where he is. So what my grandmother did, she took her sari, she took a cloth, and she covered my mouth. So suppressed the sound so mm-hmm. no one would hear. Um, she did it from a place of love and affection. She did it from a place of like self-preservation. But what ended up happening is that she cut off my airways and like you know, I passed out. I couldn't breathe. I passed out. You know, clearly nothing happened to me. So I was perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> I'll be here today. So the story didn't end bad. But what, what ended up happening is when I came to when we found safety, we got out of there, thankfully, um, went to up north in uh, from Sri Lanka and we found safety. But even though we left that space, my voice didn't come back. In fact, I didn't speak for a very long time. Wow. And when I did, then we migrated here to Australia and that took a couple of years. When I came back to Australia, um, I started speaking when safety started coming back. 
when I started feeling safe again, I started speaking, but I will speak with a stutter. So you can imagine, you know, the drama that unfolded here, going to school, to, uh, being different, feeling different with a stutter. Oh, you had it all so, going your way then, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, life was perfect back then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really traumatic for a kid. Yeah, that really is. Mm, yeah, 100%. Mm. So uh, a lot of the, like even now, I'm going to fast forward quite a bit, and a lot of the things that I discovered uh, through the works of Rob's and various other gurus and teachers, one of the most important need a child has and probably the one of the most important decision a child will make, uh, normally they make it between the ages of zero to seven, and then we that's when we create our core beliefs, life beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Around zero to seven. And that's a, you know, um, it's not really at zero. It normally starts around like one, right? But let's just say zero to seven. Um, is that, is this world safe or is this world unsafe, right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, this is the most important question that any human um, answers. And unfortunately, we answer this at an age where we don't really have much of our brain developed. So when all of these things happen, guess what? I think the world is unsafe. Yeah. Now, my story is a bit dramatic. Um, most people don't have my story, or they have worse stories than what I have. But it doesn't matter about the story. What really matters is about how the child or the person answers that question. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, is this world safe, or is this world unsafe? And based on that it determines how they interact with the world. So all throughout my teens, my 20s, I was looking out for threats. Like my brain was just, my brain, my body, it didn't care about the safety that I did have. It didn't even actually value that. Mm. It was only concerned about the unsafety that was in my life. Mm. And one of the things um, my, my gurus and mentors told me is uh one of the things that's more commonly known now is whatever you focus on is what you what you experience. Mm. Yeah, and that law of attraction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, um, so all my relationships were unsafe. All my jobs were unsafe. All my friend circles were unsafe. Basically, and again, it wasn't the external world that was unsafe. It was the internal belief systems and my nervous system and my the way that I thought was all about unsafety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I found that out, then I was saying, okay, cool. So it's not the outside world, it's me. Like, you know, I live in Australia, right? Um, I live in a very uh, fortunate country. I, I'm no longer at war. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm old enough, I'm big enough to protect myself. So it's, um, you know, when trauma happens, unless we process the trauma, we are frozen in time. Mm. Right. So even though, like, you know, I was a 27 year old, 28 year old, 29 year old, my nervous system was still stay a three-year-old. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, um, so a, a lot of this work and a lot of the, a lot of the work that I'm doing with people now, um, very much on reversing that flip. Yeah. It's helping people to progress past that unsafety belief, which by the way, majority of the world, if you have gone through COVID, which pretty much everyone on this planet has, You've there's a part of you that that feels this unwell, this self uh, world is unsafe. Mm. Any everybody has experienced trauma. Mm. Yeah. Um, the only difference is is 
have you done the work to get out of it, right? And if there's a part of you that's still stuck in that trauma, there's still a part of you that believes that the world's unsafe. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a really valid yeah. point. So it's very much like cognitive behavioral therapy. They they go the same sort of thing. That's you know, it's exactly how your beliefs run, and you know that that's exactly where you hit it all the time. And sometimes you sort of realize it. You think you're going to go on another path, but you know, until you actually, like you said fix it and switch it you just keep going it's a, like a default setting you get this default setting between zero and seven mm. yeah definitely and zero and seven um is your first chance so m- maybe some a lot of people have had a beautiful zero to seven but some happen at 12 so zero to seven is normally the first time you answer the question right now that's question can be re-answered uh, or re-flipped at any age of your life yeah right so you have life is safe or this world is safe, and at 12 or 22 or 27, you can flip it into life is unsafe. Mm. This yes. world is unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, um, Albert Einstein talks about this as well. Um, in, uh, he was asked the question, where do you see the future of science technology proceeding? And Albert Einstein said, well, th- that, that's not the most important question. The mo- most important question we need to answer first before we go look at science and technology is, is this universe safe or is this universe unsafe? Mm. If we declare that this universe is safe, then we'll use science and technology to explore this universe. We'll use curiosity to look into the universe, to learn from the universe, to even even teach the universe. Mm. Whereas if we see this universe as unsafe, then we'll be looking to uh, develop our weaponry we'll be looking to protect, we'll be looking to prot- uh, destroy and we'll be looking to control. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right? a so totally really... different scenario than when you hear them placed out as plainly as that. Yeah. That's that's. A, I'm really pleased you did that because I really wouldn't have gone, I mean, they're very precise things and then you think, oh, that's awful. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with human, psycho- the human psychology, right? Yeah. If if we if we think the life is unsafe, well, how do you think we're going to be doing relationships, parenting, me, business, you know, all the things that are important to us? Yeah. We'll be we'll be doing it on the on the dance of not losing. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Whereas if we are looking face of like you know, life is safe, this universe is safe. How do you think we're going to be doing business, money, relationship, parenting? We're going to be using curiosity. We're going to be using adventure, fun and play, um, love to really navigate through through every challenge, every experience that comes with that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It sure does. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That is. I, I will probably just before we go to a break, now you went from a traumatic childhood through quite a difficult high school, schooling, I would imagine, I'm yeah. assuming, but then you became an IT guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, IT uh, was definitely not the path that I would have chosen. Um, I still don't know nothing about technology much. Uh, I wouldn't call myself tech savvy. Um, <laughs> but I went to IT because I was so lost, confused uh, of who I was, what I wanted, all of these things. And my uncle was doing that the IT was booming. My uncle said, look, you can earn a lot of money. And for a boy that was so confused, stuck, lost, had a lot of mental health uh, challenges, money made sense. It was something that you can control. It is thing that you can, it, it made sense. So I just followed money. I stepped into IT, realized that, you know, I, I, I know nothing about um, technology. Like I was definitely not good at it. 
But what I was good at um, was people. And it was around that, that same time that I started doing development and human behavior, uh, studying human behavior. So I just got better with people. Uh, so I went from tech to management. So I went from lower management and all my skills, my qualifications were more around people, were more about mindset, was more about emotions, were more about psychology. And so as I got better um, with those skill sets, what I saw was my career blossom, right? It's my manager. I went from a help desk operator, right, to a CIO even before I hit 30. Wow. Um, did you do this so, straight after school? Like, did you go straight Yeah, straight after school? I took a, uh, yeah, so a couple of years I was floating around. I was probably doing call centers and, you know, um, uh, roof cleaning business. Like this is straight to uh, school, really. So I was, I was doing um, so odd jobs, just trying to figure out what it was. It took, probably took me a couple of years to figure that out. And I, I still didn't figure it out. So my uncle told me to go to IT. And so, yeah, so from there, I just did a, a IT certificate, got into IT, got into the help desk and just progressed more um, once I started understanding my own self. Mm. So lucky so. you did, really, because, I mean, you could have just sort of, I think there's a lot of, well, being a teacher, seeing a lot of how kids work and they don't know what they want to do or whatever. And if they are struggling and not really connecting with, well, obviously themselves, which they don't sort of get taught and we still don't have enough stuff in our schooling system, I don't feel, that supports that. Mm. as much as I would love it. I think a lot of people like hiding. So like they don't necessarily want to go out into the workforce and be like a person at a front. I mean, a help desk is okay because you're hiding in a way. I know you've got to talk to people, but you're mm-hmm. sort of not having to do the face-to-face dealing with things. I'm sure that people probably yelled out, if it's anything like what I sometimes have to deal with with Telstra, I do try my very hardest to stay calm <laughs> in those situations. Oh, I work so for Telstra. I, I probably yelled at you one time when I was just yeah, you so probably did. In, insanely frustrated that whatever you were telling me wasn't working because I already tried it five <laughs> times. But, you know, like so in a funny sort of way, you want to hide in, a, in an area like that, but then you cop all this abuse that's what I was sort of leading to. So you know, I think I take my hat off to people that can do a call centre. You know, it's like those. Yeah. people that have to sell tickets raffle tickets in a shopping center you know to a, to a car or something like that or they've got to try and get you to like it's that marketing that would be so very difficult for me i would not be able to handle any of that sort of it's rejection no it's definitely not <laughs> but it's great that you were able to find something within that to really sort of start to connect with yeah yeah i mean look it's it uh, i didn't connect with it uh, is is what i'm saying it was it was, it was money that i i connected with at the time Right, because uh, money made sense. Like um, one one thing I forgot to say say is that I was also diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Oh, dyslexia! So I couldn't read until I was about twenty four. So right. it's only when I started doing the personal work I said, okay, cool. I can either pay these coaches a lot of money that I didn't have, or I can work towards. And for now, let's start. Let's figure out how to use books. So this was a time before podcast. This was a time before I think probably even before YouTube or YouTube wasn't really that, that, that educational anyway. This was a time before, um, you know, audiobooks. So I was 24. I didn't really know how to read. So I had to teach myself how to read as I was earning enough money to be able to invest in myself because I couldn't, I couldn't invest myself. I've, you know, I, I, you know, I do hope Andrew Robbins one day listens to your podcast, but Hopefully not this one. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> a warm up. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason why I'm saying that is because um, 
you know, I remember I was so desperate because uh, the, like there was a lot of drug abuse. There was a lot of, um, you know, self-inflicted abuse that I was going through. I had this dark moment where um, I would come home and there was a lot of Anthony Robbins infomercials. I don't know if you remember that back in the yes, day. Like, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, there was just Anthony Robbins infomercials. And it was watching that, it was, it was something just landed. Right. And um, my best friend's mother had all of Anthony Robbins' CDs. Um, so I would actually take take that home and actually, you know, pirate it, <laughs> to, like for my own use, for my own use, never sold <laughs> of it. Of course. Right. Um, and that's basically how the whole journey for me started, you know, really uh, looking into that and, and listen to that day after day, day after day, because that's all I can do at that time. Mm -hmm. right um so 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 yeah so went into it and uh the life after that was was quite interesting well maybe we have a short break right? i think that was a great <laughs> idea thanks Mary. Great have segue. done this before yeah. <laughs> we'll have a short break, break and then we can find out a bit more, more about the exciting so, stuff oh no stay tuned stay with you are listening to everyday journey inspiring conversations brought to you by conscious waves well welcome back Yes. We've got Nero, the amazing Nero, I'll call the him now. amazing Nero. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So far, it's been an amazing story. Like, I had no clue about all of that sort of stuff. And, wow, to see you here and, and talking so freely and, and with such wisdom already, I mean, that, that in itself is a miracle, honestly. Mm. And I'm so very grateful for Anthony Robbins' infomercials. Like who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought that sentence would come out of my mouth? <laughs> to be honest, like um, inspiration is not—it's <clears throat> not a bad thing, no. right? It's—it's um, it's kind of when you hit rock bottom, um, you know, any sort of lifeline you'll grab. Um, and uh, I remember those those period that whole period. Uh, there was a few dark moments. Uh, and that was probably um, the darkest moment during that time is watching infomercials, you know, off my head, diagnosed with anxiety, depression, ADHD, dyslexia, right, um, PTSD, all of those things. It was at that moment that um, and I, was, I think I was going through a breakup at the time that these sort of things kind of, hey, there was hope, right, um, to those dark moments. Hope is such a powerful thing. It's it's how I describe that is is a a faint light in a dark, dark, dark cave. And um, without that faint light, so a faint light in a dark cave is still pretty bright. It's a difference between not seeing your hands one centimeter away to seeing a fig, like you know, a outline of your hand. Um, so and that that was that hope for me. Um, and so that's when I reached out, uh, you know, started teaching myself how to read, listening to um, these pirated, pirated uh, CDs. Yes, yeah, CDs. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then really start changing the, the way that I interacted with the world. That led to doing various programs, like I've done it all, and leading up to NLP. I never did any of the programs. So I've done a lot of, uh, you know, uh, positive psychology, NLP, uh, hypnosis, the list goes on, transpersonal psychology. I never did it to become a coach. Like I, I, I never wanted to become a coach. Uh, I never wanted to become a speaker. In, in fact, starting a business and becoming a speaker 
was two of my greatest fears. Oh, right. Wow. It's it's two things that I never wanted to do. <laughs> and um it was around that uh, probably in my late twenties, um, I met a guru, like a like an actual guru, like from India, long beard, orange robe, all of that stuff. Um, and I started learning things about Kriya Yoga. It's a form of um, meditation. One of um if anyone knows the autobiography of a yogi which is a very, very famous book, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda writes that. Um, and that was the books that I, I learned to read. Awesome. Right? Um, so by the time I got there, started looking into it, met this guru. And through that, I understood uh, this word called dharma. And, you know, being Sri Lankan, being uh, um, brown, our parents have told that dharma is doing the right thing. Right? Oh, okay. Which, which it's probably... Some part of it is true. It's not the full truth. With Sanskrit, one word has a lot of meanings. Yeah. Right? So what dharma is, is understanding who you are, why you exist, and what you're here to do. Right? Let's say those one so more who, time. Yeah. So who you are, in other words, your identity, your character, the, the person um, you're created to become. So who you are. What you're here to do, right? As uh, so, I'll say I'll say where out. Why you exist, right? Which is your purpose, mm -hmm. your life purpose, if you want to call it that. Yep. And what you're here to do, nice. as in, what's your life mission, right? What's that thing you're going to be leaving behind, right? Or what's that thing you're working on? So, at that moment, that made so much sense to me, right? I mean, even though sitting on the board of a company with everyone around me over 50 and I was still in my 20s, everyone around me was like, you know, had PhD, masters, all of this stuff. And I had a IT certificate, right, with a shitload of psychological, like, you know, certificates uh, and diplomas, right? Um, so, <laughs> like, I still felt I didn't belong because it wasn't who I was. Yeah. Right. It wasn't why I was created. I mean, I was I was working for a biscuit company. I was working for manufacturing. Like there was no there was no purpose behind that for me. Right. Uh, mind you, it's also where I met my today's fiance. So it was a purpose why I was there. But uh, there was no there was no life meaning behind that. Yep. Right. And so when I was exploring all of those things, like you know, uh, dharma is gets you to your freedom. Mm -hmm. Right, whatever whatever your spiritual freedom means to you, it's what gets you. And in order to find your dharma, you have to heal your trauma. So if you think about my trauma, my trauma caused me to shut down my voice. And if you look at what my purpose is, which is what I'm living right now on a day to day basis, it's about using my voice. Right. So I use my voice to live my purpose, but I could not do that if I did not regulate my trauma that shut down my voice. Yeah. Mm. Right? And for me, it's, it's just poetically clear because I'm on the other end, but every single person has that same story. Oh, right? Great. Every single person has a trauma. Yeah, so great. Every single person has a journey that they have, that that they need to regulate, and it's only when you go into that darkness, when you do regulate that pain, 
does your dharma become crystal clear? Mm. Right? Yeah. I still remember when I was doing the NLP training with Rob, right? I did that training and I told Rob, Rob, I'm going to talk on stage. I don't want to talk on stage. I'm doing this as a personal development thing. And I still had that trauma inside of me. Mm-hmm. Right? When I, when I got a clear understanding about my identity, my purpose, what I'm here to do, things like stuckness does not phase you anymore. Yeah. I mean, you might get stuck on which shirt you're going to wear and which, what, like, those things still happen to me. Mm-hmm. Right? But when it comes to deeper, meaningful, like, directions on, you know, anything, financial investments, relationship uh, challenges, mental, emotional challenges, it just becomes crystal clear what you need to do. It all comes from discovering your dharma. Yeah. Yes, and wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we learnt about that when we were younger? Yes and no. Yes. It depends how how younger, right? I Um, I figure, sorry, I was just going to say, I reckon teenager years would be quite good. To actually have some, because you know you're very confused at that time because of everything else that's going on, even if it's in the back of your mind with some simple sort of things that there is actually, you know, like I can't tell you how many times I hear kids go, "Well, there's no point in school. I'm never going to use this." And I totally get what they're saying. Like there is stuff I know that I struggled with at school so badly that I've never used. Now it might be my choice that I've avoided it, but there's a lot that you can learn, and I think. That, that whole love of learning and actually realising that there is a greater purpose to your life, like knowing that there is something like that. And I know it's mm. very hard to make a decision. I don't think you need to make a decision on your career when you're necessarily 16 because that's hard. But knowing that there is a purpose for you to be here, I think would be very reassuring for yes. a lot of young people. And, you know, there's still people that are older than us that probably don't even realise that they had a purpose. Mm. And and it's funny that you say that because my answer to what I'm here to do is exactly that, uh, is actually to teach our current and future generations that, hey, you do have a purpose and there is a meaning behind your suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really up to you to figure out how to get there. So to give you a bit of an idea, our ancient civilizations knew how this worked, right? Mm. No matter what ancient civilizations, whether if it's Indians or Greek or American Indians or Aborigines or anything like that, right? When you look at them, they used to take children, right, on a walkabout, right? Now, yes, it was mostly males, but women had that too in most cultures, right? Like in India, for example, in Sri Lanka, um, ancient cultures used to take their children, both boys and girls, right, into an ashram for their education and in this walkabout or in this ashram or whatever they call the rough passage whatever whatever it's called um and different cultures have different names for it during this time the child wasn't taught about how to get a job okay Mm. and this is what our schooling system is all about now it's about how to get a job they were taught on life skills they were taught about how to connect to the land. They were taught how to, yes, fight, fend for themselves. They were taught how and how to connect to their ancestors. They were taught how to, you know, nav- navigate themselves through life's challenges. One of the things that, you know, children were taught to, through, right, and this comes through the Dharma work, is that your wants, likes, and dislikes don't matter. And that's a very 
that's a very like you know and if we look at today's world we are all focused on what i want what i like what i don't like and pretty much everyone's suffering is coming from what i want and i don't have it right what i like i don't have it what i don't like and i have that i have it yeah. <laughs> Right. Why do I have that? Right. <laughs> and the thing is that like our wants, our likes, and our dislikes, there's never ending towards that. Yeah. There's always more that you want. There's always more that you'll like. There's always things that you will find to dislike. Right. And as long as we keep feeding that, and this is one of the things that uh, you know, children were taught. Children were taught this. What only matters is your needs. And everyone's needs are always met, right? Everyone's needs are always met. Our wants will never be met. This was like one of the most mind-blowing things that children were taught back in those ancient civilizations. And this is like, you know, why communities work. One of the biggest things that are facing our societies right now is loneliness, right? I mean, we've got the most amount of population that ever lived this earth. and biggest dis-ease that is facing planet earth right now is loneliness yes and we've got all uh, of the technology and whatever to keep us communicating everybody's got a phone everybody's got i mean we can do this via zoom which mm. otherwise could have been much more difficult so there's so much that's on a positive thing but yet we're disconnected i mean i see kids in the school playground they're all on their phones and they're right <laughs> next to each other and they're not talking they're just sending messages i'm just going i don't even understand yeah. that yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly that. Exactly that. And 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 even phone calls now are weird. You know, when I, I call my daughter, um, or like you know, uh, from time to time, because can't just text me this, right? I'm like, I, no, I I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to hear your voice. I want to have a conversation. Or I'm so weird. Why are you calling me? <laughs> That's so. That is weird, isn't it? It's a whole other <laughs> level of stuff that we don't really understand. Well, I know we don't understand that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and a lot of this is because we haven't gone through that um, walkabout. Mm. And that walkabout is really a deep dive within yourself to heal your past and to gain and to connect with your mm. At Different yeah. cultures call it different things, but it really is down to, you know, figuring out who are you, why do you exist, and what, what are you here to do? Mm. Yeah, and they're three, like, they're great questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, look, I, don't, I can't say that it's all simple, but in a way it's really quite simple. Uh, the process in itself um, is, is it's, I like that you said it's simple and not, and you didn't say it's easy. Yeah. Right? Because those two wor- words are very different. The process is definitely simple and it's not hard, but it's not easy. Definitely not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep. So, like, you know, um, I, I did this talk once um, and it went everywhere, you know, on the internet. It was a talk that I did for Kerwin Ray in Uluru. And um, one of the things I said there is that most of what life is, it's simple. Um, what The problem is that most people think of easy and hard. Yes. As if easy and hard on and off switch. Mm. Right? It's yep. not. Easy and hard is a scale. On one side, it's easy, and the other side, it's hard. Yes. But the space between easy and hard is simple, yeah. right? Most things out of life is simple. Now, how do you lose weight? Well, it's simple. Just 
burn more than you consume. How do you um, trust in your relationship, right? If the, 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 there are so many simple answers to that, but one of the most simple answers is understand how the other person wants to be treated or needs to be treated and treat them that way. Yeah. I mean, can, any, can anyone argue on that simple logic? No, not me. No. Right? No. You know, how do you get wealthier? Well, spend less than you earn, right? That's right. And invest that gap. That's it. And invest that gap. That's it. That's it. Right? So everything, like, you know, most things in life are simple, definitely not hard. They don't need to be hard. And the only reason why life gets hard is because you're expecting simple, right? Sorry, you're expecting easy. Yeah. But whereas if if you have a simple path, right, it just makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, and it's a decision too. Like, I mean, a lot of that is actually the decision that you're going to take ownership of it yourself rather than expect other people Mm. having to do it yourself. Yeah. Like having to do it for you, I should say. Correct. And that expectations, uh, as you just said there, a lot of that comes from your wants, likes, and dislikes. Yeah. Um, And the moment that you let go of that, right, and and that voice inside of our head is always talking. You know, that voice that, you know, know, keeps us up at night, you know, (laughs) gets us irritated. (laughs) That voice, if you actually listen to that voice as a observer, they're only talking about wants, likes, and dislikes. Yeah. That's the only thing that it's talking about. And the moment that you're able to catch your thoughts, as in observe your thoughts, that's what it means by catching your thoughts, observing it. And when you're realizing, okay, cool, you want this. Okay, cool. Great that you this, but this is what I need. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I love that. I tell my voice that every night when I go to bed and I'm singing about something. I'm like, good old. Now I know how to quieten it down because sometimes I, and and I know it's because I'm a control freak. I'm trying to plan for something or I'm worried about something or I'm annoyed about something's happened. But it is. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. That is just awesome. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Well, let's just take a short break. Short break. Yep. And we'll be back to. Well, we've got a good question coming up, don't we? Yes. I'm going to ask Nero the question. The question. Okay. (laughs) Okay. See you soon. See you soon. Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Well, here we go. Into our last exciting bit. Yes. It's been great, isn't it? Oh, so good. He's so humble. I know. And (laughs) he's doing so much wonderful things, has so much knowledge. And I think that um, we can all learn all the time. And it's been really refreshing to hear some of those really great ideas. Yeah. And the Dharma and (laughs) all about that. I just, it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, there's always stuff you don't know. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's how it is. So true. So true. Now, we have this one question that we like to ask every one of our guests. Yeah. So I'll read it to you now. You may have prepared earlier. I don't know. But anyway, if you wouldn't mind, can you share one bit of advice that you think can help people? I purposely didn't want to have it prepared, so I wanted to see what I felt in the moment. Good. (laughs) I think by far the most important thing that we all need to look into is your dharma, right? And I'm not saying it because I work in that field. Um, I'm saying that this is dharma is the path to freedom, mm. right? Um, if you are feeling feeling spiritually liberated, that's what I mean by freedom: spiritually liberated, um, mentally liberated, emotionally liberated. This has got nothing to do with your financial. Uh, freedom necessarily, although that will soon follow if you're mentally, emotionally, and spiritually liberated. Yes. But following 
and understanding what dharma is and understanding your identity, your purpose, your mission is by far one of the most important advice that I wish I had, like said, um, Louise, earlier on, is that we, I wish I knew this at school, mm. right? I wish I knew this in life. Like this is by far the most important thing that every human, you know, needs to learn. That's that's my that's my thing. The the I want to add to that is a quote that I can't remember who it's been, but but um, you know, I, I truly honor and respect this quote is life supports what supports more of life. Life supports what supports more of life. Wow. I like that. Ooh, that's a really good one. We should write that up and put it on our board. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the stuff that you guys are doing with your podcast, you're, you're supporting life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, someone is probably going to listen to this podcast or one, one of the many that you've done already and is going to take some value out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Actually, it's. Well, that's part of what we, why we decided to do them. Yeah. And it's surprising the people and the feedback that we're getting from the podcast already how one lady how it's we interviewed um a while ago and her family listened to it and they didn't realize what she was going through and mm. they've mm. their family started to reconnect reconnect again, again. Mm. just wow. just through that one story mm. yeah 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 right life supports what supports more of life mm. yeah 100 I, I love it i love that i do yeah all right well we going to, is there, a, do you want to advertise something about yeah. your business? So what are you up to? Yeah, so, you where, so where are you up to now? And what are you, what are your, say your next six to 12 months? Yeah. Where, where are you going? So I've been running this program for close to about two, seven years now. Um, it's called the Unconventional Warrior Program. It's a resilience-based program. Uh, it's team leaders, entrepreneurs, and career professionals, coaches, on, um, you know, figuring out dharma, learning to separate your emotions from your behaviors, you know, learning about, um, you know, really about who you are and why you exist um, and, you know, working on your traumas, um, getting out of this lost, stuck, confused stage, you know, regulating a lot of the anger, resentment that we have uh, for what's happened in the past and really stepping into your power. And that's what that's what the warrior is, right? The warrior is like this archetype of like not just a brutal uh, warrior, but a warrior is basically an archetype. Really stands for something. Mm-hmm. Um, stands like in, he or she knows exactly who they are, knows their direction, knows their purpose, and they only have two things that's running through their mind: protect and conquer. Right, protect what they have. And conquer their mind, right? Protect our heart, conquer our mind, and that's basically what the spiritual uh, spiritual warrior is all about. Awesome. And so, very fortunate over the last seven years, they've taken numerous people through this journey across Australia, New Zealand. Um, I've also had a few people from the UK join, uh, all sorts of ages, from the age of twenty-one the way up to about. I think uh, our oldest warrior was about sixty, right? Fantastic. Uh, so um, it's been absolutely amazing, and I can vouch for that because I went through it. Mm, thank you. And I'm very, very fortunate to say that I went through it, and Nero really showed me a different light uh, about myself and about standing in my own space 
and creating that space around me for who I am. So I'm always, always mindful of Nero and the, that I've, folder comes out every so often, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So I've still got, get done I've, still got the, I've still got the folder. I still photocopy those sheets yep. and I still write them up. Yep. I'm still exercising three days a week. Yep. I'm still doing yeah. all of those things. Yep. I have not stopped. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the Warrior Program does. It looks at everything. It looks at your health. It looks at your mental health. It looks at your spiritual health. It looks at your relationships. It looks at your quality of life. Um, looks at all 16 areas of your life. Yeah. Right. And we uh, work on it, evolve that, and we do it in a very short period of time as well. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Right, so, well, we'll make sure that the link for your website will be yeah we can get the yeah we'll get the link for that we'll get the so have you got a link for your upcoming warrior program that people connect with yeah 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 so i'll I'll send you all those details please do um yeah or you can just search it you can just google nero day island that's n-i-r-o day island's d-a-y-a-l-a-n right just google that find a place where it says you know my contact details booking the time and we can have a chat you know if the warrior program is not the journey for you i'm i'm quite honest i'm quite like you know open and honest on hey yes i can help no i can't help you not ready for it yet or you're beyond what i can teach you right wherever you are um you know i'm I'm quite honest um and open about that and if i can serve you in any way i will oh fantastic beautiful well what an amazing i told you yeah i know i told you he's an amazing person yep Yep. we keep learning more (laughs) and more i know and it was look thank you so very much for your generosity of your time yes to share with us today it's been absolutely amazing as usual. Yep, always. Listening and just sitting and listening and just ah, absorbing just, the wisdom. That's absorbing what I like. the wisdom. I like that. Absorbing I like that. Yes, absorbing that wisdom. All right. Good. All right. Thank well, you for your time, guys. It's been so much fun. Yeah. All right. So good. We'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Thank you, okay. Nero. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. God bless. Bye. Well, why don't we take a little bit of time now to have a bit of a listen to some of Nero's work? What a great idea. Let's have a listen. Awesome. Now, a lot of people think that emotional resilience is the ability to fall down and get back up. The ability to see fear and walk through it. The ability to fail and keep moving forward. And I think a lot of people have that definition of what emotional resilience is. And yes, that's what happens if you have emotional resilience. Emotional resilience, how I explain it, is your ability to separate your emotions from your behavior. It doesn't mean that emotions are bad. It doesn't mean emotions is wrong. No, I'm not saying that at all. See, when we have our behavior that is linked to our emotions, we have a whirlwind of things happening around us. We become emotionally reactive, like a volcano. And not only do we do damage to us, we do damage to everyone around us, everyone. Because that's what happens in a volcanic eruption, right? It destroys the volcano, it destroys everything around it. When you link your emotions, your behavior to your emotions, you become emotionally reactive and then make decisions emotionally. And then after you calm down, you're like thinking, oh my God, what did I do? How was Nero? I I thought you were as good, wasn't I? Yeah, and Uh, just so much wealth of knowledge and, you know, how you overcame all of that. I know. To be able to be just so full of wisdom at his age and, you know, want to really share it with with people. And, yeah, and he's just so open. 
and just so giving, oh, definitely giving of his yeah, time, like sure. all of our podcast um, guests have guests been, have haven't been. they? Yeah, we're so very fortunate and to just, know amazing people. Yeah, and just everything. And the Dharma, what he was talking oh, about. Even your whole different perspective on growing up. Yes. And really all I can say is if you're really wanting to uh, find out about that mm. and you really want to take that next step in your life, then vouch for it mm. because I have been on it. Was it a little bit tricky certain stages? Oh, sure. 100%. But Nero being so beautiful in um, spirit, in the way that he helps you, yes, it's amazing to be able to, you know, be part of that. Oh, for sure. And, look, he, you know, he's also generous with his time saying, you know, call me yeah, and make sure it's right for you. Like that, that in itself is a lovely, yeah. lovely thing. So, see, again, like we were talking about at the beginning, there's this fine thread about people wanting mm. to just reconnect. Yes, and, and just... I was just going to say, even that Dharma thing, yeah. like needing that sense of community, mm. you know, that that when he was talking about that sense of isolation, mm. crazy how that really um, does make a difference. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So that's building uh, our community that's too. building our community. Yeah. Now remember also too, if you want to be like Nero and all of the other people that have been on our show so far, yeah, go to our website, go to the podcast, go down, click on the join us button. Yes. Fill out the um your name and a little bit of details about yourself, and we'll get back to you. We sure will. For sure. Yep. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Yes. I hope you enjoyed and were as inspired by Nero as we were. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Louise. And I'm Chris. And, and we, we are Conscious, Conscious Waves. Waves. See, ya. See ya. You have been listening to Everyday Journey, inspiring conversations. Brought to you by Conscious Waves.